Hi, this is Eva. This is Nisi. We're two friends. Best friends. Best friends who've known each other for over 20 years. And growing up, we were inseparable. But now we're living on two different coasts. So we decided to start a podcast to discuss what's going on in our lives and this crazy world. We want you to come catch up with us as we catch up with each other. Because we want to know, do y'all see this? All right. Hey, welcome to another episode of Do Y'all See This? This is Eva. And this is Nisi. And we are going to be catching up about Cinderella. Finally. (laughs) So Cinderella is a story that is near and dear to our hearts, very personal. Uh, When we were in high school, our senior year of high school, we both participated in a presentation of Cinderella's Dream. Uh, It was a play. And I was Cinderella. Woohoo. And I was a stagehand. <laughs> uh, something about something in the back. I completely do not remember my role. I remember being there. I remember having to be in charge of something and some people. But I was more, it was like I remember the experience more so than just the actual things that I did from day to day. So we do have to start with the fact that I was typecast by my high school teachers. <laughs> this, it hurts me even now. Um, I actually tried out for the evil stepmother. <laughs> I really, I really wanted to be the evil stepmother, but because the teachers who were running the audition knew me, they actually ended up casting me into the role of Cinderella. Now, let's be for real. Anybody who has ever met Eva. (laughs) No one thinks she was ever going to be the evil anything. So the fact that she was going for this role is such a reach. And I mean, and I love you, but come on. (laughs) You would, that was never going to be your role. Never. (laughs) It's the desires of my heart, Nisi. (laughs) Not the desires of your heart though. Not not the desires of your heart. Okay. All right. I mean, all right. Yes. So um, it was an, it was a wonderful experience. We spent months. It felt like forever rehearsing for this and preparing for it and like staying after school. I remember all of the, I have all these memories of that, but it feels like even though it, it happened, it lasted so long, it was gone in a blink. All of a sudden it was, you know, play night and then it was over and <laughs> that's it i honestly don't even remember if we like invited our parents or anything i'm pretty sure we told them but and i'm pretty sure your mom was there my mom and dad mm-hmm. probably did come but like i said it was such a blur for me i remember like behind the scenes like we had like water fights and i remember um I remember you. <laughs> I remember you falling headfirst into the role. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, if you want to tell that, you can. I'm not gonna. I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna. We'll, we'll cover it. But <laughs> I. It's so crazy because it really was. It was like this. This time. This long time that we had, but it just. It was just like boom, gone, and we were. I didn't even realize that it was our senior year. I thought it was our junior year. And I mean, honestly, that was probably the only time we had time to do something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, yes, when Nisi says that I fell head first into the role, she meant that absolutely literally. Um, I was able to, there were lots of costume changes, and I actually ended up falling off the stage at one point. <laughs> And walking it off like a true professional, thank you very much. <laughs> Just let it work. Um, I was also wounded forever by dress, and I want this noted for my future IMDb page. Um, the wedding dress that I had to wear, it was beautiful. It was a, you know, it was a costume that I got to wear, long train, but it had a side zipper, and I still have a scar <laughs> from when that sucker zipped right into me. So it's definitely an experience I loved having. 
Um, and I will say it was absolutely better than the role that I was trying out for the year before, where I was a hole in the wall in the much about do about nothing performance. <laughs> you told me you were the wall. You were a hole in the wall? <laughs> yes. I was supposed to hold my hand. I am not kidding. <laughs> I was about to say you were the glory hole of the show. <laughs> I mean, basically. So all of that to come back around to the fact that we are fans of Cinderella. And when we come back, we are going to be discussing the only other Cinderella we recognize, 1997's Brandy Cinderella. All right, we are back and we are ready to jump right in. Uh, we want to start with actually talking about a little bit of the, not the behind the scenes, but a little more of the accolades, the tech a little bit of the technical stuff before we dive right into the movie itself the movie came out well actually it was a television movie so I keep saying movie um I don't know for me it felt like it was cinematic isn't the word I'm looking for but it felt like we went to the movies to see this it was an event and it, it came out in 1997 on tv it got a lot of awards I did not realize I mean in my mind I was like of course it got awards I never really thought about what it got exactly they have an Emmy for outstanding art direction for a variety music program there were 22 Emmy nominations they won an art director's guild award for excellence in production design and an ofta which is an online film and television association and then it got best production design in a motion picture or miniseries. I did not realize it was that many. It seemed like a play. So I think that's why it more so set in my mind not to think about the awards because except for a Tony, I don't really think about what they could get. It was just like this big event that I knew it was coming on. It was the black Cinderella. And I know that it was a multicultural, all in quotes, um, <laughs> movie, but it, just really felt like it was ours it felt like it was a black Cinderella. and it's definitely one of those things like you said like it was an event everyone knew it was coming on everyone watched it it's kind of one of those things that's in all of our histories like we know about Grandy Cinderella another thing I loved is the costume design for this um, movie or it's fantastic the costume designer Ellen Minojnik she does such a great job with just looking at, at the big picture and really trying to tell a color story. There's a ballroom scene, which we are definitely going to have to be diving into because it is fantastic. It's this, you know, paradise of blue and purple and green. And I love it. And, um, I mean, we can talk about it right now just because, you know. Um, yes, we're here. In that, like, in that scene, when you, when, when the camera pans in, it is a sea of all these complimentary tones. And the crazy thing is, if someone told you right now to make a dress that has purple in it, make another dress that has yellow in it, that had, was it yellow? No, no, I'm thinking of the sisters. Nope. Um, it had purple, blue, and green, right? And somebody was like, I want all of those to be just flowing dresses, different shades all over the place. You would think it would end up being a Joker or Harlequin kind of craziness but that's not what you get you get this sea of just gorgeous soft pastels and it all blends so beautifully together and then you have the um the prince in all white so he stands out uh brandy comes in as cinderella and she has on a shade of blue but hers is so pure and light that it set it sets itself out in a complimentary way though then you have the king and the queen and they have on the same shades, but it seems a little bit more bold, like a richer color. And I think that was mm -hmm. to be more royal. And then you have the freaking two stepsisters. And then you have uh, the stepmother in these, I dare say, garish outfits. One of them has on pink. The other one has on this green and yellow. And it is just insanity because they have on the shades that are at the ball, but they stand out so absurd it's like <laughs> I mean I know it was clearly meant to be that way and that is just the genius 
of this movie because they find a way to have everyone compliment each other. Even though the stepsisters' colorings were so wild and obnoxious, they still complimented each other. Like, you knew that's her sister. <laughs> you knew mm-hmm. that's their mother. Like, the absurdity of the outfits is just so such a given that you know that those three went together. So... Did you want to get into a little recap of the movie? I mean, I know we've heard about Cinderella our whole lives, but maybe there's someone who's going to listen and they've never heard about it. So do you want to give a little synopsis of this Cinderella? The only Cinderella. Let's be clear. (laughs) So Cinderella is a girl who lives with her two stepsisters, Calliope and Minerva, um, played by Van Cox and Natalie DeSalle-Reed respectively, and her stepmother, who's played by Bernadette Peters. So one thing I did want to note, I could not find a name for the stepmother anywhere. So she's just the stepmother, um, played ridiculously well by Bernadette Peters. Um, so she, her, their, her father has died, has passed on, um, and she lives with them and they treat her like a servant. She's there to carry their shopping and to help them undress and to open the door. And they treat her really bad. So the prince sees her while he's out pretending to be a normal person. And then he's giving a ball because his mother would like him to produce an heir, you know, as soon as possible. <laughs> Um, so he's against the idea or of finding a love at the ball. He does not, he wants to fall in love. So of course they meet at the ball cause she has to get to the ball somehow. She has a fairy godmother who gets her there and they meet to fall in love and, you know, live happily ever after. You know what I always found crazy is when they talk about the Disney princesses, they always call her Cinderella, which is funny to me because that is actually not her name. Her name is Ella. Her name is freaking Ella, and she is known for the slur that her family has begun (laughs) to call her. (laughs) Now, I'm not trying to be funny, but I feel like that would almost be like nigga Ella. Like, like, I'm sorry. (laughs) I just feel like they trying her every single day, calling her Mm -hmm. Cinderella. And she is just like, you know what? I'm going to take it. My dad said, you know, stay here. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. And I would have had to correct them every time. Uh, uh, Ella. My name is Ella. And that's because we grew up with, you You correct someone. Like, that is what you do. And anyone who's ever met me the first time, I will. there's a line I give people. I'm like, you get the first one free. I'm like, you can say it wrong the first time. But after I've corrected you, then it's over. Like, then you you need to say my name correctly. See, that's where you're nice because I don't. <laughs> I feel like too much thought went into giving me my name. You're going to say it right. And it's so funny. Someone will be like, oh, so what would you rather be called by? Now, I introduced myself into this podcast as Nisi is because whatever I am Nisi, that is my name for, that's her that's our that's my nickname but it is not the name that I go by every day and I feel like if I introduce myself to you as that that is what you should call me absolutely and if you choose outside of me telling you to give me another name you're disrespectful which is why every day it would have been <laughs> Ella Minerva <laughs> my name is Ella Calliope my name is Ella chick who married my dad my name is Ella and now I'll go get that tea like, all right, so um, we really want to get into where everyone is now, what everyone's been up to, and we want to discuss like some of our favorite moments in the movie. Um, when we come back, we're going to get right into that for you guys. So we'll see you in a moment. So February 12th, 1997, Cinderella was finally released to Disney+. Plus. Thanks to the many, many fans who have been petitioning Disney to do this for a very long time. Um, I've been watching it on YouTube every year. She says every year. I watch it so much. It's saved into my YouTube uh, little search bar. <laughs> uh, I can sing every song. From beginning to end, if I'm up late at night, I will just start belting out the song. And I will go from uh, the sweetest sound all the way to there's music in you. Like, 
is so sad. I'll put that. But I don't care. I'm a fan and I love it. So we're going to be going through a a list of, you know, where everybody is now. We're going to list off, you know, who everyone is, who they are in the movie, and just a little bit about them. And it, somewhere in there, we're going to let you know our favorite quotes, our favorite moments that they had, maybe some behind the scenes stuff. But um, yeah. Let's get into it. I'm excited. I'm excited. So who do you want to start with? All right. So we do want to start with a quick in memoriam. We did lose both Whitney Houston and Natalie DeSalle Reed, who are both leading cast members in this film. So rest in peace. Rest in peace. All right. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and start with Vianne Cox. So Vianne Cox plays Calliope, one of the stepsisters in the film. Um, so actually quick piece of trivia she was actually born in norfolk so that's norfolk yes hampton roads what what (laughs) um she has actually been played in other things as well you've seen her in things like you've got mail aaron brockovich and the indoor boys which is something she actually recently did um i will say she is someone that i really didn't i can't say i didn't pay attention to her in the movie she just wasn't like a big role for me um, so much so that I didn't, I never noticed her in these other movies. Like I never honestly thought, uh, when we were looking up stuff about her, I was like, so did she just fall off the face of the earth? But apparently she's been steadily working. Yeah, man. I don't know. She has some good lines, but I feel like she had good retorts more so than anything like when her and Minerva are going back and forth the little quips are just like they seem to have a really good chemistry so that's what I like more about her character than anything it like the the um the snort I feel like she did those organically she really played her role well so they casted her well I I have no like behind the scenes craziness about her her being difficult or anything like that it was she was a she was a good, solid actress, and she played a good, solid role. Yeah. All right. So Victor Garber plays King Maximilian in the film. He is a Canadian. He, you can find him on the socials at the real Victor Garber. He most recently has been in a Hulu movie called The Happiest Season with Kristen Stewart. So he's also out there keeping working. I, I, I There's a few things I liked about Victor Garber. One, I did not know this, this was the same year that he was filming Titanic. Oh, I didn't know that either. So, yeah. So actually on set, they would ask him like, what's something that you, you know, done? Cause he was, he's a seasoned actor. They would ask him like, what's something, you know, what's one of the favorite movies you've been in? And he was like, well, I really can't talk about it or whatever. But you know, it was just, I, I was in this one movie where I was in like this water tank in Mexico. And that's all he said. <laughs> and then come to find out, sir, you were in the hull of the Titanic. Like, that is not just the water tank. But they said he kept that, like, that secret really guarded. Like, he did not let it out. It was like, so if there's anybody that you really want to tell a secret to, he's the guy. Because he's not telling anything. He's not giving it up. So I will say, in this movie, when I first watched it, I wasn't as impressed with his presence in this film. <laughs> like, I know he's a seasoned actor and everything. But I will, I will tell you, I told Nisi, I was like, he's like wallpaper. It's there. It's nice to look at, but it's fine. Then I watched the movie and there's so many moments with him, just with him and Whoopi as a unit, as a, like they're married and they've been married for a long time. And it's such a wonderful chemistry that they have on screen. But there's a specific moment that I love of his where it was like, this is where he comes and he's like, um, there's a back and forth between uh, the king and queen and the prince about this ball that he does not want to have happen but is already in the works so there's no going back on it and the prince says something like aren't you ashamed or you should be ashamed and the king walks up and he's like oh I don't do shame no no this is a paraphrase he's like I, I don't do shame I don't do embarrassed I'm the king <laughs> and I thought it was such a wonderful piece of scenery and just a wonderful scene in general I loved it I really do love the way he is so casual in his like uh regalness in the role um there's a moment later on when they're at the ball and he sees Cinderella and he's telling his wife uh the queen Whoopi that oh if I was younger and she looks over at him like yes dear he's like well I'd be younger than wouldn't I? 
And she's like, yes, dear. And I just found I just find that moment so refreshing because it's like, yeah, they're the king and queen, but they're also wife and husband. Sir, don't get it messed up. That is not what we do. Oh, yeah, she young and all, <laughs> but she ain't your queen. And I was like, mm. she had to get them together, but she did it respectfully and cute. All right. Paolo Montalban, our Prince Christopher. I'm very excited that he was, oh, he's so good in this movie. He is a, um, he can be found in, on his socials at It's Paolo Montalban. This was actually his first movie role. He went on to do Mortal Kombat and most recently a musical, The Girl Who Left Home. Now, the funny thing about um, Paolo Montalban is that this was his first role. He actually, this was his, um, he was actually the last person they saw on the day of uh, tryouts. He was the very last person that they saw. And he it was because he was working on The King and I on Broadway. So when he finally got through with it, he had already set up like a time with them. He wanted to come through and they had said, yes, that's fine. Then he had to push it back because he was late. Then he finally gets there and they say he just started to belt it out. Now, one, he didn't know that it was supposed to be for television. He thought it was just another Broadway uh, tryout. So that's how he went into it. He went into it like belting out the songs and everything. And, you know, like back then, you know, in our generation, you didn't have phones. <laughs> he sounds so old. We didn't have phones. We, he was like, you couldn't look up and see like, okay, this is the person in charge. You found all that information out when you got there. So like I said, he didn't know anything about who was in charge of it. He just knew he was going for his tryout. Got there. They said they, he got a, a few words out of the songs and they were like, yep, it's him. All right. So Natalie DeSalle Reed plays Minerva, one of our, um, stepsisters she recently very recently died of colon cancer in december 2020 she was i feel like the first time i knew her was actually in baps the movie with Halle Berry. i love that movie i know a lot of people don't kind of love the aesthetic but i thought it was such it has a little ratchetness yes but it's also such a good friend story like it's such a you know it's (laughs) and it makes me cry i know i should probably shouldn't be in it Admitting that out loud. Yes, it makes me cry. It's so sweet. I know because in the end, it's such a happy ever after story too. Okay. (laughs) What made you cry? What made you cry? And when they get their when they get their little salon and not when the old white man die. Yes, because he (laughs) he doesn't die. He does not die. He doesn't die because they are good people. They're great friends. And they have this very strange journey to a good place. And it does make me cry. It makes me very. But she was also in BAPS Live or she was going to be in BAPS Live. Yeah. She was actually uh, working on that at the time. Yes. And she can go. She can be found on at her socials at Natalie DeSalle Reed. And so one note, and I always love things like that. She gave pushback once on set because there were no black hairdressers or hairdressers who did black hair. And this is in the nineties. So yeah. So um with the story, she she got she got on set. Um and obviously there was someone to do Brandy's hair because she had the braids. Obviously Whitney had someone who did her hair. Um but they didn't have any other black hairdressers now this was also in a time where it wasn't just that they didn't have black hairdressers they didn't have hairdressers who did black hair so their uh i guess the, the the reasoning that they said that they didn't have it though is because they didn't have a lot of money in the in the budget but they did have hairdressers there it's one of those things where they didn't consider it they didn't consider any black cast members she had natural hair, I believe, at the time. So they had to go get her one. And they were like, oh, so we had to pay to go get her this and the other. And there was actually a quote that was out there where someone said, um, what is she crying about? Is it really about her hair? And that just shows you that you're not understanding that, yes, she has this great role. She's completely prepared for it. She's thinking that when she gets on set, you're going to be prepared to make her look her best. For the role that she's prepared to do her best. And then to say that she's upset about having not having a hairdresser who can do her hair. Yeah. What? But you have all these other hairdressers here. And not once did you ask them, can they do African-American hair? But the pushing 
point on this movie was to have a multicultural cast. So why would you not ask, can you do all hair? And I just think sometimes it's one of those things that falls into privilege without even realizing. Like, of course we got hairdressers here. Why can't you go ask, you know, Shelly to do your hair? Oh, because Shelly don't know how to curl my nappy hair. <laughs> yes, she can do Paolo Montavon's hair. It's very close to hers. Like, but she doesn't know how to rod my hair. She doesn't realize that, no, I can't go to set with a head wet. Like, stop playing these games. So, I mean, I, I really commend her because when I was, for everything I was looking through, um, researching about this, there, I did not, there was rarely a time when someone actually, besides saying we wanted to have these two black women, um, they really don't mention Natalie that much as a person of color, as a black woman here. Um, they make sure to have a black and white stepsisters because they also want to push that home that is this is a multicultural movie multicultural movie but it seems like some of it was just on the surface so it's like a you I love the movie but to hear that it's kind of like oh it really was set in reality yeah you know it wasn't just a fantasy movie it was some real reality stuff going on all right so one of my favorite moments um with Natalie Zissel is actually one she shares with Van Cox and it's uh, it's uh, it feels like a family motto in <laughs> the stepmother's home. Um, it's we hide our flaws until after the wedding. Until after the wedding. <laughs> you know, there's a moment earlier in the movie where um, they're they're fighting over that hat, that ugly hat, and she says something like, "Oh, it it doesn't look good on you." And she was like, you don't know anything. She was like, I'm not talking to you, stupid. And she's like, oh, hold on. Who are you calling stupid? And I just think their back and forth is just so good. Yes. It's just so good. Yes. They, they they really bicker amongst each other. Yes. Like, oh, I loved it. I loved it. Absolutely. All right. So next up is Jason Alexander, who plays Lionel, who is the royal valet, I guess. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think so because he did more than just yeah. I mean, he he dressed him. Yes, uh, and then he also was putting up stuff off to the side. So yeah, yeah, valet. I think I think that does That's it. A good yeah. good cover, good cover title for him. So you can find him on his socials at uh, Jason Alexander. Uh, in 2019, he starred in the marvelous Miss Maisel as Asher Friedman. Uh, and one side note that I love is that he once called Ted Cruz a jerk. <laughs> a whole jerk. Which just goes to the testament of his character. Uh, I just feel like that's something that we can all agree on. There you go. And it just tells you <laughs> what kind of person he is. Like, you know. He's a truth You're somebody, I, I, can, I can keep up with you, sir. I like there, you. There you go. <laughs> all right. So Bernadette Peters plays the stepmother. Again, no name. Um, so... <laughs> I don't know. There's no name for her in the in either IMDb or any of the paperwork that I could find. In 2020, she did Broken Hearts Gallery, Katie Keene, and Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist is an excellent musical TV show. If you haven't heard of it, get into it. It's very, very good. I enjoy it a lot. So there are so many moments of hers that I love. She plays the, the evil stepmother very, very well. And there is a quick moment right in the beginning where they're getting home and all of the stepsisters and the stepmother are at the door and Cinderella has all of the packages and they are still late and she still goes, Cinderella, the door. And it's like, <laughs> it just sets the tone for their relationship and for what you're going to be seeing from her. There's such a, both a visual sneer, but also like an acted sneer. Like she's so good at that throughout this entire film. She conveys so much through her voice. Like, I don't even have to watch it sometimes. I'll have it on and it'll just be in the background. And I can just like see her like actually like staring at Cinderella from how she's talking. Like that, that scene you're talking about when she's like, Cinderella, the door. Like, you see us standing here. We go shopping every day. You know you're supposed to be up here at this door. And then they get inside and they're like, 
did you clean the rafters? Did you do the grocery? You know, did you do this? Did you do that? And she's like, oh, no, I had a busy day. They was like, what? Busy doing what? You you ain't doing nothing? She's like, you know, I was with y'all. Oh, well, I guess, you know, you can use that for now. But get on them chores. And I just feel like, Bernard, he just, oh, she did such a good job. There was this kind of behind the scenes thing that I found out about her that when they were casting for the stepmother, they originally wanted Bette Midler. And she did not, she she actually turned it down. And they went through a, quite a few white actresses that they were looking for for this role. That's one of note that they actually mentioned. But um, they were actually saying that it was so difficult to get this cast because no white woman wanted to be on TV publicly playing a, a, a cruel white woman to this black girl to the black cinderella and so no one like everybody who they asked was like thank you but no thank you but no no i, I can't be that one and bernadette peters was like oh absolutely she's she's actually quoted with saying i just wanted to play the role as best as i could as cruelly as i could <laughs> if that doesn't hit it home that that is exactly how she played it. Mm-hmm. She played it well and cruel. Like there's, I mean, there's a moment in the song when she's kind of like, you know, going over when she's falling in love with love. Mm-hmm. That one falling in love with love. That you oh. you have a, a few moments where you're kind of like, oh, okay, maybe that's why she's so upset. But you're like, hold on, you fell in love with my dad. He died. Um, he ain't leave you. Love ain't fall out of love with you. He gone. Ain't no reason for you to be mad at me. So then you lose like that little empathy for her. But that moment, oh, and there's so many good songs in this. And she's so good at that. Not just to Cinderella, although that's where you get it a lot of the time. There's a moment when she's getting her daughters ready for the ball. And she is like foot into their backs trying to get them into these dresses. And, you know, beauty knows no pain. And there's a back crack at one point where I always go, I, it always like makes my gives me itch i'm like oh no oh no (laughs) it's like no but like you were saying with that falling in love with love song it really is that moment you have that moment when you hear that one line where you're like oh and you almost go oh who hurt you but then you look back at the rest of the story at the way she's played the stepmother and you're like this is generational trauma and now this is on you like you could have stopped this cycle Not generational curses. Yes. Wow. Because <laughs> you know them stepsisters are going to pass all of that, that stuff right on to their children. <laughs> oh, absolutely. 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 If if someone ever even looks at them with all that scratching. Jeez, and the itching and the infectious laughter. <sighs> and the snorting. The, um, the infectious laughter. Like, come on. Come on, my guy. Like, what? The infectious laughter? Snort, snort, snort. Is that a symptom of your infection? Because that is horrible. Horrible, ma'am. Keep that laugh to yourself. Chuckle into your fingers, Mm -hmm. like into your knuckle. (laughs) And shut up. No one needs to hear that. I love how in in the movie he was like, uh, I... I've missed something. I've missed something. And she's like, no, you're triche or whatever she says to him. And he's just like, oh, so I'm funny. Oh, oh I'm, you've just met me for a moment and I am hilarious. I just, oh, this movie is so good. Yeah. There's so many good parts. Yeah. Uh, where are we? We are caught up to... Oh, Whoopi Goldberg. All right. So Whoopi Goldberg plays Queen Constantina. She is the only black woman to be an EGOT. So she has an Emmy, a Grammy an Oscar and a Tony. Yay her. She currently is on The View. You can watch her. I don't know. I actually don't watch that show, so I don't know when it comes on. Um, but she's also in, on a TV series, The Stand. She was on Staged, which is close to my heart because it is uh, David Tennant and Michael Sheen, who played in Good Omens. David Tennant is our Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, Sister Act 3 is coming. And you can find her on her socials at Whoopi Goldberg on IG and Twitter. But you can find her on TikTok at The Real Whoopi Goldberg. Now, you want to tell the the little story you found out about the jewels? Because I know that one you really enjoyed. 
I love this story. So it is a tidbit. Uh, so when Whoopi Goldberg took over this uh, role, or she got into this role as Queen Constantina, she she asked, I don't know how to say this nicely, she required that she have real Harry Winston diamonds. So all of that, that lovely bling that she is wearing is Harry Winston. And that, I love that just as a, a story of knowing your worth. Because even at 1997, like she was up, like she, she knew she could ask for this and it would be a thing that would be provided. And I think it's something we don't do often enough as women in professional places and just in general. But that, I love it. She's like, I deserve Harry Winston. I will expect them in my trailer. <laughs> you know what's so funny? I wonder what the, because the costume designer who did all the dresses and everything, mm-hmm. they made jewelry for her. I wonder what it looked like. Because, I mean, if if, if it's a testament to the dresses and the costuming, it, it had to be beautiful. It had. Or oh, I wonder if it looked really claymation-y. <laughs> and she was like, ah, no, I know someone. Right? We're going to get some real jewels in here. Because, and the thing is, you know, I, I noticed them. But I really wasn't paying any attention to it. Like, because I'm like, of course the queen has on jewels. Of course. Yes. But then you actually looking at like, oh, Harry Winston jewelry. Excuse me, mom. Right? Fancy. <laughs> so there are so many moments with Whoopi in this film that I absolutely absolutely adored um it just sets up even one of the first moments you see with her what her it sets you up to know who she is as a character there's a a scene between her and her son where he he's like i want to be in love to get married and she says or you know i want to be happy and she says uh happiness has nothing to do with it (laughs) like this is about producing an heir you know keeping the line going keeping the the ruling class going and i just love that and i think we've talked about it before but the victor will be chemistry is ridiculous i absolutely adored it now the great thing about their chemistry is when he was offered the role well she actually was someone that they had went to early on in the process and she had told them that she would be willing to you know help out and do anything that they really needed they had offered her the stepmother role and she had you know said she really didn't see herself in that role but you know circle back to her if there's something that they need at the end not the end of filming but at the end of trying to get everybody together figure out the casting and everything she'd be happy to help because they actually um she she told them about Victor and when he found out that she was going to be involved he was quoted saying not only had did they have a relationship a working relationship excuse me but he was like I feel like he's he was like as soon as I heard about her being there I knew I would be protected as an act it was like so it was I think they actually had a friendship where they could feel safe with each other in those roles so that's why I think the rapport is so good because they were actually friends outside of that that makes a lot of sense right um another thing that I found interesting about uh the Queen Constantina actual character they were actually going for Julie Andrews at first oh that was a whole different movie I know right it's weird to think about because Whoopi owned this role so well it's just crazy to think that it could have been Julie Andrews. It was at the time when she actually found out about her vocal cords being um, being damaged. And I remember I had mentioned to you, I was like, it's weird because I don't remember any songs that the Queen actually sings. And come to find out, like, as we were talking and everything, you remember that one song that she does about, um, do you love her because she's beautiful? I think that the register of where they had put that song was probably because they were thinking of julie andrews yeah because they were like okay she since she probably can't sing as much because that's the only song that the queen sings so i was like maybe that's why but i mean forget julie whoopi owned that she she owned the whole thing (laughs) yeah whoopi is queen constantina exactly Mm. all right so next is Whitney Houston, our fairy godmother. She did die in February of 2012. She is American singer, songwriter, actress, producer, all of the things above. She was nominated for a shared production Emmy work in this film. I mean, we have to spend some time talking about Whitney's godmother. I adored her in this role. We can start with just the way she shows up with the fiddly D song. And it's just like, oh, like it's so, so yeah. fluffy. And, but I, when I hear that song and when I, I think about the, the lyrics and, and the way she talks to Brandy Cinderella in that moment, I love her. 
Um, so one of the things I love, you know, she did this in four days, four days, everything they filmed with Whitney was over a course of four days. They had to get everything in in four days. I did not know that man, like the gold dress and the gold in her hair, the way they dressed her. Um, what'd you say the lady name was Ellen Wakonson or whatever? Um, Ellen Minajnik. I'm probably saying that incorrectly, but she's the costume designer on the film. She bad. Yes. The girl is bad. She dressed Whitney. When I say that dress and then the the white one that she wears for the mm-hmm. wedding, gorgeous. Yes. And even the silly little, I love those, the Disney, like, magic effects they put after her with the spirals and the, the little spindle thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like a call out to our childhood. Like, it's just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it just felt magical, even though it feels, like, looking back, it feels like a silly, like, effect now. True, true. I but that. I adored it. I loved it. Even watching it now, um, yeah. that golden with her hair. And I felt like she was, when she came to Brandy, one of the first things she says to her, uh, Brandy's like, I can't leave because my dad said I got to keep the family together. And Whitney's godmother's like, you can leave whenever you want. The door is right there. (laughs) The only one stopping you is you. So it's a very tough love, very godmother feel. Um, Even though one of the quotes that she says is the problem with dreamers is they spend all this time dreaming and not doing anything about it. And I just love that, that advocating for self, but also advocating for action. Like, if you want something, go and get it, baby girl. Just go. Exactly. I like that, too. Um, I had I had heard her say it, but I just, I guess, it just sat in the back of my mind. I really didn't pay it in my mind, but we were talking about it. And I was like, she really did say that. She was like, oh, so you're going to take me away? She's like, the door's right there. Yeah. <laughs> You got people walk right on out of it. Like I'm not here to take you away from your life. This is your life. Your life. Control your life. Now this ball, Mm. I got you. Mm Mm-hmm. But your life, my nigga, your life. That's on you. Come on, you got it. You got it. (laughs) On to the last one. Go ahead. Yes. All right. So Brandy, our protagonist, our Cinderella. All of the things. So the first thing I would like everyone to know is that Brandy's ball gown, it is my dream wedding dress and it has been my dream wedding dress since I saw this movie. <laughs> the moment I saw this movie and I want it in that blue and everything. I love this dress. I'm surprised. Well, I, I knew that it was, but I'm surprised. I've always been surprised that this was the dress you love. Not for the shape, but because of the coloring. I always thought like maybe like the folds in Whoopi's dress, mm-hmm. like they were a rich blue. I don't know. I just thought like that would be what you like more. But it's a gorgeous dress. I feel like every black girl was like, oh, that's my yes, because it's a princess. I don't know. I I I loved everything about it. It was the first time that I had seen like braids where they didn't try to act like oh she has braids. They actually did something with them. They made them look good, even when they were straight and she was you know drab Cinderella. They still look great. Um, I think it was just, I feel like they did a really good job. I'm surprised that, I don't know, it seemed like it took so long to get here. All right, you know what, I'm going to let you finish talking about Brandon and then we'll get into it. We'll talk about it a little bit more. So I don't really have like a favorite quote of hers. Mm-hmm. I just love the entire thing. I think she was such a perfect cast decision for this film, particularly for that particular era. Like she wasn't superly famous where it was like, you know, like Rihanna is playing Cinderella. But she was popular enough and known enough that this was a big deal. And I just, I thought she was, she played the role just where you wanted it to be. And there was a balance, though, between sweet, innocent, you know, oh, Cinderella, and I'm going to leave. Because at the end of the movie, she does decide her stepmother locks her in a room when the prince is out in the living room and locks her in the kitchen. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to pack my stuff and I'm out. (laughs) Like, this family, I'm over it. We're good. So I loved it. So I just think she was a perfect casting decision. You can also find Brandy on Instagram at at Brandy. So we're going to go ahead and go to break. And then we are going to discuss a couple, because we have quite a few. Do y'all see this moment this week? All 
right, so do y'all see this moment this week are a few interesting revelations about the movie from It's Possible, an oral history of 1997 Cinderella by Kendra James. Uh, more can be found on Shondaland.com. A lot of the moments that I discussed today can be found there as well. One of them was, so besides that Prince Christopher was played by Paolo Monteron and that it was his last, like he was the last person that they saw, a few of the people that they actually saw before him, now imagine this, it was Wayne Brady. <laughs> Is Wayne Brady going to have to smack up that Wayne Brady? Like, could you imagine him? As, and now, I, I, we know he can sing, but I just feel like the the smoothness with which Paolo played it is just like, you know, I, I just couldn't see it. Um, Tay Diggs, come on. I cannot imagine. Um, if anybody's seen Tay Diggs recently, he is an All-American as a coach. And I just cannot imagine. No, every time I've seen him do a play or sing, I just find it so unbelievable. Like, not saying he's not doing a good job. I just, because I know him from other stuff first, it's like, oh, I'm not interested. Then uh, there was Mark Anthony. J-Lo's Mark Anthony? Really? My <laughs> now, Antonio Savada Jr. I could see him. I don't know how he sings. I don't know how he sings, but he could play the prince. <laughs> he could play the prince. I believe that wholeheartedly he could play the prince. Um, let's see what else. Oh, so another thing about the movie was the, everyone, like I said, they were pushing the multicultural thing. They kept saying this movie is, we, we definitely want to have a black Cinderella. Um, it was originally supposed to be Whitney. Whitney was supposed to play Cinderella. But then um, it, I think it took over like over five years from the time of inception of this to actually getting the ball rolling. And she had by that time had a kid, got married. She kind of just didn't feel, you know, that that youthfulness for playing young Cinderella. So um, apparently uh, something that a lot of people mentioned was that at the time with The Wiz and Diana Ross, even though she played the role well, it's always been said that she kind of was a little too old to be playing that role. So they were um, thinking of that when they were like, how about we move you to the godmother role? And she was like, absolutely. And what's so funny is after she accepted the godmother role, it the ball really started rolling. So they think that because she wasn't feeling doing the Cinderella role is why it took so long because she was holding off on reading the script. She was holding off on getting back to them in timely manners. So that was one of the things that they were kind of like, oh, she made it a little difficult. But I think it may have just been because of that. Maybe because she felt like that wasn't the role for her. And honestly, five years before that, Brandy definitely would have been too young. Oh, yeah. You know, and I don't think she would have been ready for the role. So everything worked out in its time. But um, I said all that to say there was uh, it's <laughs> it's out there as an unnamed exec who actually wondered if two black leaves were too much. He was really interested in them having Jewel, the singer, play Cinderella. And they immediately were like, nope, that's not what we're going for. He was like, well, if you have Jewel play Cinderella, she's white, and you'll have Whitney Houston as the fairy godmother, so it'll still be multicultural. And they were like, nope, that's not what we want. We want a black Cinderella. We have Brandy. We got it. They never even, like, they didn't even uh, entertain it. They never even asked Jewel. So when this information came out, that's when Jewel found out that someone <laughs> tried to put her in the role. So one of the things I actually wanted to bring up as a do y'all see this moment um, on Twitter, I saw a tweet that I thought was hilarious and I thought we could discuss. Uh, Chris Murphy, who tweets at Chris Tris on Twitter, he tweeted on the 12th of February when everybody was live tweeting the movie, uh, Bridgerton wants what Brandy Cinderella has. So we're going to have a discussion. Um, I have seen one episode of Bridgerton. And Nisi recommended the show to me, and I am probably not going to be watching the rest. She's wholly tripping, tritted and ipping. It is entertaining. You have to take it for what it is. It's not serious. It doesn't even take itself seriously. I feel like it is a good, it's a rainy Saturday. 
Let me watch some nonsense, <laughs> nod in and out. Uh, okay. Oh, look at what they doing. Okay. Oh, they got a little behind the scenes stuff going. Okay. That is that. <laughs> and I am disappointed, disappointed in the fact that you could not find that. You have to watch more than one episode. Yeah, you have to watch at least I three. will see if I can fit it in. <laughs> you as can as much media as I watch. I can. You can, you can fit it in. You can fit it in. All right. So I don't understand this this tweet. I don't get. Like I've watched Bridgerton and I've watched uh, Cinderella, obviously, but I don't get that Bridgerton wants what Cinderella has. There was no uh, sexual tension None. in <laughs> Cinderella. So I don't know what they're going for. I think yes. We're just trying like, to express our love for, for Brandy Cinderella and for and our happiness that it is on TV finally by comparing it to something that's almost similar, but not really. And it's almost like because they have ballroom scenes, because they have this kind of castle and intrigue type of feel, that's what they were going for? Yeah. I don't know. But again, I, I just feel it. like Brandy Cinderella brings so much out. I just love it. I find so much joy in this yes. movie. Like, Eva, you have no idea. Oh, I well, do. I mean, you do have some idea. <laughs> but because Marco Polo did the whole I, thing. <laughs> yes, we did. Yes, we did. I love this movie. Like, as, as I said before, I can sing this movie. Like, the they they've said that they may never drop a soundtrack. Ugh. I don't need it. Only reason I need it is because it'd be great to like hear the words saying back to me without having to watch the movie. But I can sing this movie and I sing Paolo's part and Brandy's <laughs> part in the sweetest sound. Just so you know. And yes, when I get to the part where they sing together, I harmonize it in my voice like it's both of them singing. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And I don't care what anyone says. I I can get a Tony for it from my for my place because right. I I got their roles. I got the way they say it down. So if they ever have a, a showing of of Cinderella in your town, you're going out for all the roles. All of the roles. All the roles. Matter of fact, I now see I could be the evil stepmother. <laughs> I could get that hands down, hands down, and I would show them out about her song. I'd sing her song down <laughs> so I'm gonna save the listeners yes they ain't pay for all that right so this is, this is not a musical podcast <laughs> not, not, yet, not yet not yet I will say one of the things and we brought this up we were watching it it felt like we got through the movie so fast right the movie's only 84 minutes long crazy because we're so used to movies now being like two hours and 50 mm-hmm. something minutes. And like, there was a part, um, there was a certain point in this movie where I was like, hold on. So we're at the ball. They're about to go to the ball. And dang. So there's only left like him going to find her. Like the little montage of looking for her and then finding her and then the wedding. I was like, gosh, we're at the end. This is mm-hmm. it. We hadn't even gotten there yet, but I was already like playing down the end. And I was like, that's not even 15 minutes this movie's over <laughs> and i feel like oh because i had seen like um a, a set list like they had done like a like a playbill for it and they had listed the songs and i was like that doesn't look like all the songs but it was it's just that when you see the songs listed it's like it's only like seven or eight yeah it's not that many but it's like this movie is so full that's mm-hmm. what it is and, in in my memory and when I uh when I think about this movie it has so much in it it's just so full for me it's like um it's a full feature thing but I guess in today's time it, I mean it's it's not even it's not even two hours yeah it's not it's not even it's two not hours close to two hours <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's because also we when it came out it was through the wonderful world of Disney like like Friday night thing that they were doing. Or I don't even know if Fridays was Fridays, but it's you know, I'm not sure if it was Fridays, TV. but I know that this was the movie that they used to bring back, uh, the Wonderful World of Disney. God, it was such a good choice. Like, geez, I'm impressed. 
but yes, absolutely. Like it just, it was 84 minutes long. It's like made for TV length. And a lot of it is us thinking about movies that we're seeing now that are, you know, almost three hours long. So yeah, that was definitely a sad moment when you were like, it's almost over. I was like, no, no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Yeah, it really was. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, Cinderella gets her prince in the end. She does. And there's just, like, um, all these moments that I think about and when I'm not watching the movie that are just... I haven't seen anything like it. I hadn't seen anything up until that point in my life that was like that, where it was a, a cast of so many different type of people that they blended so well. It wasn't something where you're watching the show and, like, come on, think about it. Victor Garber is white. Whoopi Goldberg is black. Paula Montalban is Filipino. And not once when I was watching that movie did I think, that's I never made this man. Like, yes. <laughs> now, now, obviously, in real life, that's not, you know, I thought that. But when you're watching the movie, the, the races of the people do not take over. I'm not like, oh, this black woman, this black man. It's really just, it's, it was all so set in fantasy. And that is one of the things that the director completely said he was asking for from the uh, costuming, from the sets. He was like, I want this set to be so uh, immersive, so um, vibrant that it can't, that it, you know when you're looking at it that it's a fantasy. Like, I want you to be so immersed in it that all you see is the beautiful colors and the story, and you're not put upon by, oh, this black girl is with this Filipino guy. And you're not really, you, you only think about the classism to a degree of him being a prince and marrying someone, not this poor girl. Like, I feel like they did put her in, uh, not ill-fitting clothes, but in clothes that weren't as vibrant as everyone else, but that was for that purpose, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't like, oh, we're going to show you what a poor little black girl looks like. It was, we're going to show you what the worker of this house would be wearing. Why would she have on a heels or have her hair done up right now? She wouldn't because she's dusting the rafters, <laughs> picking up all the packages, getting the tea, getting the milk. Like opening all the doors. Exactly. <laughs> opening all the doors. So it's just like it's it's so crazy when you think about how they thought about every different aspect and it all came together so well. Mm -hmm. Like, um, there's a scene in the movie that you absolutely love with um Jason Alexander in the The Prince is giving a ball. Oh, yes. They had to cut that scene so many ways. Like, to actually perform it, they um, they did, like, I think they said a few minutes at a time. Like, it was because it was so many moving parts. Mm -hmm. And every time, because um, the set is, like, on a hill. So every time they have to start back at one, they'd have to go back up this big hill. Now, oh, no. you're dancing down this hill the entire time that you're going. And then they say, all right, cut back to one. And you're climbing this hill again in these outfits that are uh, starchy and tight. And it was just like, I feel like they really devoted their time to this. They really, um, it clearly took five years for them to actually get it made and everything. But when they did, mm -hmm. it was worth the wait. It was worth the wait, I will say. And while you were talking about that, the prince is giving a ball scene, I think it's such a important thing too to say, you know, it goes beyond just representation matters, which you know, this is such a great example of how to do it and how to do it well. But it also goes into an issue of this kind of scene, this kind of thing can be done. Like, and then as a watcher, as a viewer, you expect that type of thing. You want that kind of excellence and you expect nothing less. Like now I know that something like Brandy can be done. Now I'm going to be looking for something like that. And Ev, this was done on a $12 million budget, $12 million. I know that sounds like a lot to us, but they even ran out of money on um, for the last day of production. Like, if they can do, if they could do twelve million dollars back in nineteen ninety seven, come on. Mm -hmm. There's no way that the only prince princess between 
then and now has been uh, Princess and the Frog. And they're just now about to do a black area. Like, come on. We could have been gotten it. But if anyone wants to continue to rave about Brandy Cinderella with us, tweet us at YallPod on Twitter. If you have any suggestions for future moments, questions, or just want to give us great feedback because, you know, we're not listening to the bad. Uh-uh. <laughs> That's right. Reach out to us at do y'all see this pod at gmail.com. If you want to check out our Instagram page to see some behind-the-scenes photos that Paolo Montalban was sharing about the Cinderella experience, you can check us out at Do Y'all See This Pod. Thanks for listening and catching up with us, and we will catch you next time. Yes, bye. Bye.